Uncle Fred and the doctor is in the house. Good e- good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Ron, the host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, in our fifth season and our seventh episode this year. So welcome, everybody. I, I, with an attitude of gratitude, I welcome you today. And remember, we always talk about when you say thank you to someone, really mean it, but also be good to yourself also. And when you express gratitude for your own strengths and accomplishments, your own relationships, your good intentions, sort of makes it easier to cope when times get hard and uh, when you f- find yourself in a weakness state. So appreciate others and be uh, grateful for your own strengths and accomplishments to this point. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And wow, what a program last week with uh, Dr. Pelton, uh, Ross Pelton. I mean, what a great show about the uh, your microbiome and how important that is right now uh, to keep your immunity up because as we talked about, 80% of your immunity is in your gut. And he did offer and he did deliver a free ebook on drug nutrient interactions. If you didn't download it, it's still available on my Facebook page, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. You go there and look for uh, the natural pharmacist and you could uh, download download Ross's ebook for free. Great program and uh, we have to do more about probiotics, prebiotics, and some of the natural supplements and, and foods you can take, like we talked about, kimchi, kefir, real yogurt, uh, to help you stay uh, healthy and wise. <clears throat> so that was a great program this week, and we got a lot of good reviews. 
And that program is on our uh, YouTube site also, which is Dr. Ron. And uh, you can listen to it there. And any place that carries podcast, uh, carries our podcast, which is Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. So I want to thank everyone that's been listening in and writing the nice comments. We got some great comments on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I do appreciate that. And uh, if you get a chance, just, uh, if you go to any of these podcast sites and they ask for uh, a review, uh, five-star reviews are great. They help us continue the program and uh, give us a little bit up in the ratings. So I thank you. So today we are going to talk about the coronavirus. I'm going to try and uh, give you my take on it. But, you know, we have a heck of an epidemic going on. It's been going on for a lot of years, and nobody's talking about it. You know, we, we start talking about epidemics during the opioid co- uh, crisis. But do you realize that appropriately prescribed prescription drugs are the fourth leading cause of death? About 330,000 patients die each year from prescription drugs in the United States and in Europe. 330,000 patients. These drugs cause, cause an epidemic of about 20 times more hospitalizations, as well as, so you have 20 times more, 6.6 million per year hospitalizations, as do falls, road accidents, and about 80 million medically minor problems such as pain, discomfort, and dysfunctions that hobble productivity and the ability to care for others. Death, deaths now from over-medication, errors, and self-medication obviously increase these figures. In other words, 330,000 deaths per year, 6.6 million hospitalizations per year, and 80 million medically minor problems per year stemming from correctly prescribed medications. I would say that's a heck of an epidemic. If you go to CNN's website, you'll see that as of today, the coronavirus in the United States, there are just 15 cases in the United States this week. 15 cases. This week, three Americans were evacuated from the city of Wuhan, the epicenter of the outbreak. But think of that. 24-7 news coverage on 15 cases in the United States. And we'll talk more about that later. So there's there's a book out called Death by Modern Medicine by Dr. Carolyn Dean. And she goes and corroborates these numbers I just talk to you about. She goes back to Dr. Barbara Starfield, who was the editor of the New England Journal, and she has a great set of references about the deaths due to modern medicine. That is really the epidemic we should be talking about. Medical errors that kill a quarter of a million Americans a year and, and preventable hospital errors that kill 210,000 Americans a year. And that's from 2016. So almost a half a million Americans a year are dying from medical errors. More than the 15 that are just diagnosed with the coronavirus right now. 
and it's increasing about 25,000 a year. Incredible, ladies and gentlemen. You don't find this on the mainstream news, and you won't find it because the pharmaceutical industry controls all of that. You're not going to find any information about all these deaths. George Orwell, a British author, he said that during times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. So I don't think there's too many people that have that urge to be a revolutionary right now. They just go along with the flow. And remember General Patton? He said, if everybody is thinking alike, then somebody's not thinking. So what kind of news are you hearing about the coronavirus? Well, I thought a couple things we'd do today. First, let me just talk a little bit about the CDC. Okay? Uh, and, And its influence. And then we'll go on a little history of these epidemics. So it's usually... Only during pandemics and other health emergencies that the media really highlights what's going on at the CDC. But, you know, the CDC influences our lives on a daily basis. Supposedly, it doesn't accept money from special interests. But the truth is, corporations are pumping millions of dollars into this agency. Do you think that has any effect on the recommendations? I don't know. You think about it. From 2014 to 2018, the CDC received nearly $80 million from outside commercial interests. But to appear as though they were on the up and up, it funneled the money through its government-chartered CDC foundation. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, the CDC is on Dun & Bradstreet. Their purpose is to make money by buying and selling vaccines. So the foundation makes it look like those payments from a private sector were simply donations, but some people think they were bribes. And the CDC will always continually deny there's any conflict of interest. The foundation was created in 1995 to fund this federal agency. So how does it work? When a company needs to promote a test or a treatment for a particular disease, it helps to bankroll the studies and even an awareness program, and both of these activities are channeled directly through the CDC. Do you remember Tamiflu, how it got pushed on us very aggressively for the flu in spite of the fact that it doesn't work? the CDC can, in fact, receive financial gifts as long as they are unconditional. But do you think many of them? I don't think. I think many, if not all of them, aren't unconditional. It's about what's on the corporation's agendas and what will buck up their bottom lines. That's not just unnecessary and sometimes possibly harmful pharmaceuticals medical devices, and lastly but not leastly, a big moneymaker vaccines. Well, there was no Russian collusion, but maybe there is a pharmaceutical collusion. 
The CDC originally was created as a watchdog organization for public health, but it now looks like it'll continue to be a rogue organization unless some other watchdog group provides some oversight. And they're they're starting to, to take a look at it. So now we have the CDC whose, whose mission in life is to buy and sell vaccines. Let's go back and have a little history. In 2005, we had the bird flu from Asia. It was going to race across the globe and kill millions and millions of innocent people. Remember how they, you talked about the bird virus, the jump species, it began infecting humans and it would be wreck. Havoc worldwide. The big drug companies use the so-called bird flu scare to convince governments throughout America and Europe and Canada to stockpile billions of dollars worth of that worthless antiviral drug we just talked about, Tamiflu. We paid for it. Taxpayer money was used up. We were going to prevent a, a pandemic. The U.S. taxpayers paid $1.3 billion to buy a reserve of this drug. And other governments throughout the world spent $9 billion of taxpayer hard-earned money on this drug. Then what happened? That bird flu disappeared. You never heard anything more about it. And who got stuck with all this, this, this uh, worthless drugs? The government's a worthless antiviral drug that studies had later determined only cut one half a day off the course of a typical viral infection. And even then, the drug had to be taken before the infection started. The drug companies didn't lose a penny. Not one penny. But we were scared to death, right? Scared our living bejeebers. Dr. Peter Ghosh of the famous Cochrane Collaboration states in his book called Deadly Medicines and Organized Crime, How Big Pharma Has Corrupted Healthcare. And I guess he, he might be right. Organized crime is the business model of the big pharmaceutical companies. A few other quick examples. Remember the swine flu epidemic of 2009? Remember how we were told it was caused by a bird virus that mysteriously combined with a pig virus and then mutated to infect humans? Remember, we were assured that tens of thousands of people were already infected throughout the United States and millions would die. Everybody was running out and get their flu shots. Sold out in days. Six masks were also sold out. There, was, there is an investigative reporter named Cheryl Atkinson. What a, what a great reporter she is. She's an investigative reporter. She really takes her job seriously. She, she reported, and it turned out that health authorities hadn't even been checking sick people for the swine flu virus in the United States. Indeed, the CDC, the FDA, and other authorities were simply attributing every single upper respiratory illness in the United States that year to the swine flu. So now they could claim it killed 22,000 Americans when in reality they couldn't point to even a single 
death from the actual swine flu virus. Listen to me. Not one could they prove. Another example. You remember six short years ago, the Ebola panic? We were told it was inevitable that the dreaded Ebola virus would flood into the United States from the Congo. It would come any day and it would infect millions of us. Never happened. Never happened. We were told that Ebola-infected individuals were on their way to the United States and that the resulting death toll from the coming epidemic would be unstoppable. Again, what happened? Nada. Nothing. The entire nation was panicked. So drug makers could get the governments of the world to fund the development of a new Ebola vaccine with our money. A vaccine which really was already present and did not do a darn thing to stop the 2019 Ebola outbreak in the Congo in spite of some 130,000 doses being administered to those people most at risk in the Congo. And just let's go one more. Anybody remember the Zika virus scare? Remember how we were told this virus was invading us, the U.S., from Brazil, and it would cause genetic mutations in babies of pregnant mothers that got infected? What actually happened, ladies and gentlemen? Nada. It all quietly went away in a matter of weeks. When the propaganda finally stopped, amazingly, the disease disappeared, along with all the fear that had been drummed up. So bats, snakes, mice, now we have the Chinese coronavirus scare. The media tells us this coronavirus is somehow passed to humans who have eaten bats, snakes, mice, holy bejeebers. But did anybody check and see if it was just the flu these people were getting? You know, people in Asia have been eating these same bats, snakes, and mice for centuries. It's not new. And it never caused a global pandemic. So we have to think to ourselves, what is going on? This is a mysterious virus. The media is all over it. Well... Let's just take a deep breath now and and let's just go over uh, some of my notes and let's just start uh, with with something you all should know and that you don't know because you don't hear it on the news. Wuhan is the home of a lab that studies the world's deadliest bugs, pathogens. In January 2018, China's first maximum security virology laboratory, biosecurity level four, 
designed for the study of the world's worst dangerous pathogens, opens its doors. Where do you think? In Wuhan. Is it pure coincidence that Wuhan is now the epicenter of this novel coronavirus infection? Think about that. Have you heard that on the news, that there's a, a maximum security virology lab in China? Last year, Tim Traven, a Maryland biosafety consultant, expressed concern about viral threats potentially escaping the Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's 20 miles from the Wuhan market where they say this all started. You can look that up. They were studying the behavior of a virus like the 209N COVID, which is the coronavirus. Developing treatments or vaccines on monkeys before they start testing humans. So Rutgers University microbiologist Dr. Richard Ebright said that monkeys are unpredictable and warned they can run, they can scratch, they can bite. He said, uh, and the viruses they carry would go where their feet, nails, and teeth do. Have you heard any of this? Have you heard the fact that, very curious fact that John Hopkins, Center for Health and Security, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation sponsored a novel coronavirus pandemic preparedness exercise in October of 2019? What did they know that we didn't know? That simulation predicted global death toll of 65 million people within a span of 18 months. This was reported in Forbes. Quote, the experts ran through a carefully designed detailed simulation of a new, quote, uh, in parentheses, fictional viral illness called CAPS or Coronavirus Acute Pulmonary Syndrome. This was modeled after the previous epidemics like SARS, which is a respiratory virus that's been around and and is a coronavirus. Sounds like the coronavirus to me. They knew something we didn't know from this laboratory. And something I was surprised to find out is John Hopkins is the biggest recipient of research grants from federal agencies, including the National Institutes of Health, Science Foundation and the Department of Defense and received millions of dollars in research grants from the Gates Foundation. I found out that in 2016, John Hopkins spent more than $2 billion on research projects, leading all U.S. universities in research spending for the 38th year in a row. These research-funded agencies said that Hopkins was doing this in the interest of national security and everything they do is exempt from the freedom of information act. And research conducted in biomedical advanced research and development authority called BARDA is completely shielded from the freedom of information act from the, from the public. The CDC is under the U S department of health and human services. You know what they say their mission is to protect America from health, 
safety and security threats, both foreign and in the United States. So you're not going to get anything from them. Okay. So now you have a little idea of where we've been, what a little bit about the, the CDC is about. There is a good reporter, investigative reporter, named John Rappaport. His website is nomorefakenews.com. I recommend you check him out every so often. He's been reporting on these type of issues for many, many, many years. And some of this that I'm going to talk to you about comes from him. Because the virus is the greatest cover story on the planet, it attracts believers from wall to wall. So uh, if you're a professional, you want to start a, start something, invoke it to cover up a multitude of crimes. You know, there's parts of Africa, for instance, where the water supplies are contaminated to the hilt, where people are hungry and dying of starvation, where people have chronic diarrhea and are dying from dehydration, where extreme poverty and war for economic gain are routine, where corporation or corporate interests are stealing farmland from the people and poisoning the environment where toxic medical drugs and vaccines are killing people whose immune systems are are already compromised. And you're going to blame that on a virus. Sure. You can get a lot of, a lot of story out of that. You can get medical testimony. You can get research money. Believe in the virus, pray to the virus, and fear the virus. Don't worry about how these people are living and the, and the pollution and the toxic environment they're in. So there's a book, Yale, Environment 360, April 17, 2018, How a Toxic Cocktail is Poisoning a Troubling Health Risk in China Cities. It describes a dense smog that covers the province from early afternoon. It reaches its peak in density in the landlocked city of Wuhan. And it it has demonstrable danger to the lungs and bloodstreams. So, ladies and gentlemen, there have been thousands and thousands of people dying in the street of pneumonia in Wuhan before the so-called coronavirus. There's foul air all across China, and it contains toxic material in unprecedented ranges. You think that has anything to do with these people in China getting sick? Chemical pollution, horrible poverty, war, starvation, dehydration, absence of basic sanitation, overcrowding, But it's all due to the coronavirus. I'm going to talk to you a little later about these RNA vaccines. So incredible how, what, they, what they could do to us. So anyway, what possibly could go wrong? It's got to be a virus, right? Well, you know where I'm going with this thing. I'm not saying I know the answers, but you know, there's lots of other things that are not being looked into. And our CDC is up to its neck in bio-warfare business. Bio-warfare business. They said the World Health Organization encouraged nations to exchange biological materials with one another. 
Therefore, it says the CDC was obligated to ship materials to Iraq when we were giving them anthrax and so forth. So have we been seeing throughout the years a tradition of fake epidemics? You know, as I said, most people don't want to think about it. They would rather just go along with the mainstream. Most people feel compelled to believe in the virus theory. They feel compelled to believe it's dangerous, it's a killer, it's real, it's a global threat. People that are for vaccines, people against vaccines, it doesn't matter. They salute the virus. Remember, the SARS was a coronavirus. The swine flu, they turned out to be complete fakes. You know, it did leak out, but you didn't see it. But it's in there. You can Google it. Medical experts could not find the virus in people. And guess what? There are still medical haunches out there calling the 2003 SARS dud an epidemic. Officially, the statistics indicate 800 people died worldwide from the SARS quote-unquote epidemic. Is that an epidemic? Are there pink tigers walking around the far side of the moon? Come on now. Now we're talking about rushing a vaccine into production against the virus. And that's another whole story. So, one thing I forgot to tell you was when the, where SARS originated was in the Amoy Gardens apartment complex in Hong Kong. The swine flu, a giant commercial pig farm in La Gloria, Mexico. And now the Chinese coronavirus in an open air animal and fish market at Wuhan. At the Amoy Gardens complex, there were leaks in the pipes. Human waste was leaking. People were falling ill. Instead of calling a plumber, they called the World Health Organization, the virus hunters. At the pig farm in Mexico, huge feces lagoons. Yeah, they were out there in the sun. The lagoons were routinely sprayed with toxic chemicals. Workers were falling ill. What a shock. Now they brought more people and more toxic chemicals to get rid of the pig doo-doo. What did they really need was an environmental cleanup. What did they get? The World Health Organization and the CDC virus hunters. And now they're at it again in China, in Wuhan. They want to test animal flesh at the market for viruses. Why aren't they checking the water supply? Is it dirty? Check the refrigeration. Is the fish and animal meat always fresh? See where I'm going? Really frustrating, ladies and gentlemen, when you try and use your mind to, to come up with some answers. It really is. So there is a coronavirus, but what is its real cause? We really don't know. I don't think so. Well... I forgot to mention the CDC. I forgot the number here. The CDC accepts funding from the drug industry 
the National Association of County and Health Officials. Almost every vaccine educator gets money from the drug drug companies. And the CDC is a front group for many lobbies that lobby for mandatory vaccinations. There's a webinar that I get from the American Academy of Family Physicians. They go through a whole program of how to boost your vaccine update. Of course, you're buying your vaccines from the CDC, who profits from them. The CDC buys half of all the vaccines in the United States. And they support prominent vaccine educators. What more can I say? So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hate to run on like this, but uh, I do want to, to tell you something else, too. That there are two laboratories linked to Chinese biowarfare. Guess where? In Wuhan. In Wuhan. So was this a viral program? Was this a biological weapon that went bad? Nobody's nobody's looking into that. We're not being told about it. Of course, China, they're going to deny having any offensive biological weapon. Even though our State Department suspects China is engaging in covert biological warfare work. But the Chinese aren't going to say anything, right? And you got to remember, lies are believed a hundred times more than the truth is. Boy, is it, you know, when you start thinking about it, you start doing your research, you know, you find out that the SARS virus has been studied at this institute. And you don't know what they're, they're doing to make it more deadly. The Israelis are all over this. Lots of research coming out of Israel. Mr. Shalom, with the Begin Sadat Center for Strategic Studies in Israel, said the Virology Institute in China is the only declared site in China known for known as P4 for pathogen level four, a status indicating it uses the strictest safety standards to prevent the, stri- the spread of the most dangerous and exotic microbes being studied. He is a military intelligence physician that's very suspicious about this virology laboratory and group of Chinese virologists. And did you know that Canada improperly sent samples to China of what he said were some of the deadliest viruses on earth, including the Ebola virus, trusting the Chinese to do the work there? I mean, I don't want to be a a paranoid about all this, but, you know, you have to know the facts in order to make a decision. And guess what? The vaccine that against SARS was probably produced in China. And he says, this means the SARS virus is held and propagated there, but is not a new coronavirus unless the wild type has been modified. 
Now, that, that, that virus starts mutating. We have a Rutgers University microbiologist also uh, that he was suspicious about this. All right, let's just uh, wrap this up because I, you get the idea where I'm coming from. Uh, I, I do follow Dr. Peter Dushi. He's a PhD. He says in the British Medical Journal now, this was published, every year hundreds of thousands of respiratory samples are taken from flu patients. Now we're talking about the regular flu in the United States, and they're tested in labs. Here is the kicker. Only a small percentage of these samples show the presence of a flu virus. What does that mean? It means that most people in America who are diagnosed by doctors with the flu have no virus in their bodies. Ergo, they don't have the flu. So, even if you assume the flu vaccine is useful and safe, it couldn't possibly prevent all those flu cases that aren't flu cases. The vaccine couldn't possibly work. The vaccine isn't designed to prevent fake flu. Unless pigs can fly. Here's the exact quote. Quote, influenza, marketing vaccines by marketing disease. Even the ideal influenza vaccine, I'm quoting, matched perfectly to the circulating strains of wild influenza and capable of stopping all influenza viruses can only deal with a small part of the flu problem because most flu appears to have nothing to do with influenza. Every year, hundreds of thousands of respiratory specimens are tested across the United States. Of those tested, on average, you ready? Drum roll, 16%, are found to be influenza positive. Now, do you wonder why so many people feel that the flu shots don't work? They can't work. Most diagnosed cases of the flu, 84% of them are not the flu. Isn't that something? So let's just talk. Let me get my notes together here and just talk a little bit about this vaccine they want to have uh, developed. And maybe if we have, if I have time, my voice holds up. I'll t- just tell you how they how they're diagnosing this this uh, virus. If they're doing with electron microscopy, and all they have to do is see one virus in 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 a, in a blow up, and they think they they call it uh, the person infected. It's it's really something, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's just see if we get my notes. Here's the punchline. This, there's a company that's trying to develop a vaccine that's totally different from traditional vaccinations. It's a form of gene therapy. Scientists isolate the genes that produce powerful antibodies against certain diseases and then synthesize an artificial version. The genes are placed into viruses. Get this now. Listen to me into viruses and injected into human tissue, usually muscle. Here's the punchline. The viruses invade human cells with their DNA payloads 
and the synthetic gene is incorporated into the recipient's own DNA. If all goes well, the new genes instruct the cells to begin manufacturing powerful antibodies. Let's read that again. The synthetic gene is incorporated into the recipient's own DNA. Interpretation, they alter the human genetic makeup. Alteration of the human genetic makeup. They don't come in just for a visit. They take a residence in your DNA. And you know how easy it would be for them to, to, to have an outbreak and call it an epidemic? You know, about globally now, there are 200 million cases of viral community-acquired pneumonia. 200 million cases. 100 million in children and 100 million in adults. You know how, would e- how easy it would be to label those pneumonias outside China with China with the coronavirus tag? The virus is spreading. The virus is spreading. But those pneumonia cases are there anyway. And that quote is from The Lancet, another good medical journal. From, that's from 2011. It's probably more now. So we have a disease that probably is just a flu, that they want to have a vaccine that attaches to your DNA, attaches and becomes part of your genetic makeup. How do you feel about that? I don't know. To me, it's kind of scary, really scary. All right, I don't want to just bore you, but this stuff is available. You just have to take your time to, you know, look it up. Uh, But it's there. Good news for you people that use colloidal silver. The Chinese are using a silver fogger machine to beat the coronavirus Guess where they bought it? From the state of Delaware. They're paying 10000 bucks a piece for it. And they're putting some peroxide in with ionic silver. So I know there's been some stories about um, uh, televangelist, uh, I forget his name, that was, that was telling people that they were, they were uh, deriding him for telling people that colloidal silver works. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it does work. $10,000 a piece for a silver fogger, and they're being rushed to China, China by a company called Halasil International, which manufactures them right in the, the state of Delaware. You can look that up on Delaware Online newspaper. Okay? I mean, isn't that something? So just generally, you know, to, to stay healthy, keep your immune system healthy, you know, A good all-natural diet, clean air, clean water, deep breaths, try and relieve your stress. I'm personally taking a teaspoon of colloidal silver every day. I bought a uh, 
atomizer on Amazon for 20 some dollars. I put colloidal silver and peroxide in it and let it run all day in, in the bedroom. And I'm taking probiotics and, and kefir because percent of my immunity is in my gut. I want to keep my immune system functioning at a high rate to ward off anything. Reasonable exercise. Okay, walking. Walking in a pool, whatever your body can tolerate. Don't have to be high intensity. If you're in a the sun belt, well, as, as I am, I can get some good natural sunlight. Avoid processed foods, sugar, refined carbohydrates. I mean, we can do that without spending a lot of water, a lot of money, a lot of water, a lot of money. Those of you in the Northern Hemisphere might consider looking into red light therapy. You can get some red lights for $100, okay, 640 nanometers of light. Really gives your immune system a boost. There are whole body ones for for our listeners that can afford it. Uh, J-O-O-V is one of them. J-O-O-V-V, I guess it is. Uh, or they can call uh, Ron at uh, Dr. Ron at his uh, office, uh, 239-331-5886. He can get, get you a good price on one, on a full body one. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think I got across what I wanted to talk to you today without the... I, just want to give you the facts and let you think. Remember, I, my, my goal is to make you the CEO of your own body. We have to think outside the box and not believe everything that is thrown at us. So I tried to get together some facts that, you know, that help you think. Let's see, is this thing really going to kill everybody? I got to tell you another thing that you might say is racist, but only Asian, Asians have been affected with this thing so far. So do they have a genetic makeup that it makes them prone to coronavirus? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to be thinking about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope I didn't bore you today, but I wanted to give give a different outlook on this coronavirus that we're hearing 24-7 now. We're here rushing to make vaccines, rushing to do this, rushing to do that. And I'm not even sure the literature is, is proving that the coronavirus is the cause of this, all these symptoms. It could just be the flu. It could just be biowarfare. I don't know the answer. But I do know they're, they're missing steps. You know, you, can, you have to identify the germ. You have to see that it's multiplying inside people's bodies at an at a exponential rate, exponential rate. You have to give it to some, you have to inject it into animals and see if it produces the same symptoms. Then you could say, you know, you have done the research. But coronavirus is in all of us, and maybe a lot of it has just been dormant. They but when they use this electron microscopy to blow up and they see something that looks like a virus, they can show you pretty pictures of of, of spheres with antenna on them and so forth. But observation doesn't prove causation. Observation does not prove causation. You have to have millions and millions and millions of particles to make people sick. 
Well, again, we'll continue a little bit about this next week, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about ozone and dentistry next week. I think uh, uh, Toby will be on. He just attended a dental conference on uh, ozone and dentistry, and uh, those of you who use ozone therapy might be interested in that. Uh, I will know by Friday if he's going to be on the program. In March, we will have uh, Dr. Pollock, uh, who discovered the fourth phase of water, the gel phase, and how these positive-negative charges really are so critical to our bodies. As our body is over two-thirds water, but 99% of our cells have water in them, and having this easy, this exclusion zone in, in, in our cells might be beneficial to transporting positive and negative things back and forth, creating electricity, and even helping our heart out. Even helping our heart to pump the blood. So um, that's all I got. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, We will be on again next Tuesday at 4. You can get us 24-7 on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, And if you do listen to us, uh, give us a rating, please. I would appreciate it. And we have a a, a YouTube channel called Dr. Ron, and every program is put on there the following day. And if you like it, you can listen to it there and give us a rating. In any case, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored with your host, Dr. Ron. We are here each and every week. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We bring you medical news that you can use. Medical news that's up to date on drug reactions and interpretation of medical articles. We also have some great guests scheduled. So thank you again. Have a great week. Listen to us on Apple, Alexa, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher. Ciao.